you are taking your seat, would you help me thank God for our praise team, our choir. Help me thank God for the musicians. And let's thank God for our media team and our greeters at the door. I saw you on this morning. And again, to all of the mothers listening online and those of you who are here in person. And my mom, uh, Mary, uh, I'm going to talk to you about you in a moment. So uh, just, just praying for you. I even felt funny saying her first name like that. I mean, I'm just trying to where I, where I come from. Um, but it's just so good to be here. And I want you to understand that is desire, is the desire of God that you be blessed. I want you to know that it is God's desire for you to be blessed and for you to serve as a blessing. And just in case uh, something happened in life that caused you to forget just how good God has been, um, let me just ask anyone, has anyone been blessed this week by God? Has anyone been blessed this day by God? Has God proven to be good? Because the church of old, you say God is good all the time and all the time. I got some folk in here who know uh, what it means to celebrate God, and it's so good, and we're so glad you're here. Our message for the morning is going to be coming from that second book of the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. And I would encourage you in your, your daily devotional time that you would read the first chapter and second chapter of Exodus to get a, a full um, understanding of the context that is going to be surrounding our message for the morning. We're going to begin our reading together at the second chapter in the first verse, um, where we're going to be looking at how God chose to use mothers. And we'll see mothers' commitment. And on this Mother's Day, I invite you to turn on your Bible, get into your copy of God's Word, and join me there in Exodus chapter 2. The Bible reads, my, my translation ESV says, Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she had saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months, but which she could no longer hide him. She got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed a child in it and set it amongst the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the riverbank. Seeing the basket among the reeds, she sent her slave girl to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, a little boy crying. She felt sorry for him and said, this is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, should I go and call a woman from the Hebrews to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. It's Mother's Day, and we thank God 
for mothers. And if you're here able to worship with your mother, today will be that day you give her a big, big hug and you just tell her how grateful you are to have her. No, do that right now in, in worship. Give her a big hug. Tell her how grateful you are to have her. And then there are those who's, who you realize and know that your mother is before the Lord and you continue to honor your mother by your very life because there are still lessons we can learn from faithful mothers. We're in the text, and I trust that God will use his word to speak to your heart and my heart as we see these mothers' commitment. Pray with me. Father, we do thank you that you've blessed us to be in the context of worship, where we can look to you and see you through your word, and that your spirit might move in such a way that our hearts might be receptive soil for the seed of your word that our lives would be better for it, that we might live in gratitude to you and for every gift you've given us and the gifts of our mothers and mother figures. We ask your blessings upon this time that we might be strengthened by your word, that we might live lives in deeper relationship and fellowship with you, that we might be able to be in deeper relationship and fellowship with each other. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All across the country, Mother's Day is being celebrated. In houses of worship across America, Mother's Day is being celebrated. In homes, as we reflect on this national holiday, uh, we think back to uh, the time in which it was uh, the inception on, at least in American history, in 1914, where, where Sister Jarvis uh, thought it necessary for us to celebrate mothers. And in the 21st century, it was our president, Woodrow Wilson, who signed, signed into law the holiday that is Mother's Day. It is the second largest commercialized holiday in America. Father's Day has no comparison to Mother's Day. Pray for me through this. Pray for me, y'all. Pray for me. <laughs> Mother's Day. I mean, it's, it's the day that even in a time like this, you still may have to make reservations to a restaurant. It's, it's that day. It's the day that if you waited this long to get a card, you won't find any on the shelf. It's that day where florists are all sold out because all across our country, um, responsible children are celebrating the gift. Did you hear me put that in there? gift of mothers, and, and husbands who are blessed to uh, be able to uh, have wives who are, uh, who are taking care of the kids as mothers, um, we celebrate mothers. Fellas, I'm giving you a chance. You're supposed to say amen right there. Yeah, there, there you go, there you go. Um, but I'm mindful, I'm mindful that with all the history of Mother's Day, Sister Carolyn, it was Mary Lamell, my mother, who taught me that Belle every day was Mother's Day. This, this is what she taught me. Uh, every day, Mom, I know you're listening, so you can affirm it. Put a like in, in, the, in the comment section so everybody know that I'm telling the truth here. Uh, uh, every day is Mother's She would say, Shannon, this is how she said it. She said, because there's never a day where mothers get a break. There's never a day off from being a mother. She said, I work every day as your mother, and even though everyone else could take a day off, when you're sick, I'm still mama. When you're grown, she said, I'm still mama. She said, no matter what, what age you are, I'm still mom. And since I'm mom every day, she said, every day is, I got some mamas in here who understand. Every day is Mother's Day. And we know that, that motherhood and mothers are, are gifts from God. 
In fact, I, I dare not continue on in celebration of the mother without celebrating the mother of my children, my wife who is at home right now nursing um, our sick child. Um, and, and baby, I know you're listening online, so just want you to know that I'm grateful for you and the sacrifice you make in our lives and how you're taking care of our kids right now. Uh, it is, it's Mother's Day. And we celebrate mothers because we understand that there are lessons you can still learn from a godly mother. I'm in Exodus chapter 2, um, because in Exodus chapter 2, you're introduced to a Levite couple. And though they're not named in the first verse of Exodus, when you read the genealogical report of Moses, you know that Moses, you didn't learn that Moses' father and mother were of the Levite clan, if you would. And his father's name was Amrad, and his, his, his mother's name is Jacobed. And Jacobed is a mother who is pregnant at probably one of the most problematic times in Hebrew history. Jacobed is this young woman, this young couple is in love in the second chapter. And as uh, couples who are in love uh, do, and God has blessed them to be, uh, they're, they're able to be parents. And here they're parents, but they're parents at a time where there's a great dilemma. Let me give you the context so you can understand the content of the message today that we might learn from these mothers. It was such a dilemma that in the time in which Jacobed was birthing Moses, that was a debt warrant that was signed or enacted, if you would, on all the male boys born in the Hebrew nation. Out of all the times for her to be pregnant, all the times for her to bring a child into the world, here is a time where, where a life was devalued. Here's a time where the life of a male child of, of a different ethnicity wasn't looked on as a valuable commodity. He was looked on as a threat. I'm, I'm in the text. That the boy, because of his ethnicity, was seen as a threat and a jaded, um, prejud prejudicial Pharaoh had come to power in the first chapter who did not have an appreciation or even knew the history that allowed him to come into the position that he was in. Let me pause parenthetically and say that is a dangerous place to be in when you don't know how you got where you've gotten. Amen. I'm talking to somebody in here. Because truth, mama, the reality is, is that all of us have gotten here because there's some others who have come before us to pave the way for us. And shame on us if we ever forget those who've come before you. Amen. Never think you got where you are on your own. Never think that it's just because how smart you are, educated you are, uh, that you're able to stand on your own bootstrap, with your own bootstrap. No, no, no. There was somebody who gave you boots, gave you bootstraps, taught you how to stand up and walk. And that's the grace of God that many of us have seen this through the gift of our parents. Uh, or maybe you heard it this way. Uh, Mama, you're still listening. You say something like, I brought you in this world. <laughs> Y'all know my mama, don't you? Y'all know my mama. And, and so you have, you have the gift, but, but here you have in the text a Pharaoh who, who didn't know the blessing that the Hebrew nation had been to the Egyptian community. 
first chapter kind of unravels this way, that the Pharaoh comes into power who knew not Joseph. And you know, if you've been around Bible country long, you know that Joseph was the one that God used to bring salvation uh, in terms of physical salvation in a time of famine to not only the Egyptians, but also the Hebrews and surrounding nations. And so they were grateful for how God used Joseph. But then someone comes into power who doesn't know the history. And because of that, he saw the very people who got used as a blessing as a burden. Oh, you ought to read the Bible. It, it, uh, it is so relevant that you think you're reading the news today. And so here in the text, you have Jacobed, who is this young mother. And as a young mother, she, she comes and now she's giving birth to a child. She's giving birth to a child at a time where there's a mandate now not only to oppress the Hebrews, but there's a mandate now to kill every child, every male child that is born of the Hebrews. And she has a child during that time. Mm. But interesting enough that when you are committed to being used by God, God will take care of you in trying times. I hope, I hope you hear me in this place. Because here you have Yochabed, but, but as you see her and you read in the text as she has this child, there's, there's something happening in the background. And if you pull the curtain back on the backstage, you see that there's some other mother figures that God has been using in the life of the Hebrew nation to help protect and help pave the, the way for these young boys to be born. I'm in the first chapter now, verse 15, because if you look at the first chapter, verse 15, that there were some midwives, the text says, poor. Um, and, and look at what I mean. In verse, chapter 1, verse 15, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one whose name was Shifra and the other poor, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they are delivering. And if the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. The Hebrew midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. I hope you catch this real early in our message here. That God is so faithful that when we're willing to be faithful to him and his word and his will, that God will have some intercessors working behind the scenes to help you do what God has called you to do. Oh, you're not hearing me just yet. The problem is sometimes we forget that, that motherhood comes in many stages and phases. And what I love about Shifra and Pua that you see a mother's heart in the text because they themselves are so committed to God, so committed to, to their relationship with God that when they saw the Hebrew boys being born, they were willing to protect and invest in the lives of somebody else's biological child, even though the consensus was for them to turn their backs on them. I'm talking to somebody in here. Because the reality is that God is calling all of us to learn from these women that we too are to function by faith in God. Did you hear me? That no matter what you're faced with, no matter what's going on, no matter what the society declares, that we ought to trust God and value what God says enough that we'd value human life, that we'd value the gift of life, and that we would trust God with every life that we encounter. Amen. These women were willing to to trust God and have godly conviction over the consensus. 
The consensus was they were supposed to take the life, but instead they're protecting the life. The consensus was they were supposed to destroy the life, but instead they are investing in the life. And they're trusting God to do what honors God than to do what honors the powers at be. I hope you see this. Because many of our lives have been blessed. And on this mother law, and on this Mother's Day, we celebrate those mother figures who've blessed our lives. We call them names like Big Mama, you know, the, the church mama, the, the one who, who saw you and didn't wait for permission to correct you. Am I the only one in here uh, who had uh, somebody like that in your life? That, that they, they didn't wait to tell your mama at home. They became your mama. That wherever you were, you were their child. And God forbid you're in their Sunday school class and you were, I said, God forbid, that's a shame. Uh, uh, but God uses other mothers to help protect the lives of those. And hear me well, that God is calling all of us as the body of Christ to look like and learn lessons from these mothers that when we see the next generation and we see that there's a system in place to try to destroy the, the lives that are coming before us, when we see that there are a society that gives no value to every life and all lives, that as the body of Christ, we will stand as the protectors and investors in the lives of the next generation so that God's will will be done. Oh, they, they, they function. They function in faith in God privately. But Schiffer and Poole also did it publicly because when the Pharaoh asked them about their own conviction, uh, they, were, were, they, they knew that they wanted to protect. Hear, hear me well. They wanted to protect the innocent lives of those who were being born and threatened. They weren't picking and choosing which lives were worth protecting. They saw that they had an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of another. And if you want to celebrate your mother and the life and the difference she's made in your life, we too ought to look at other lives and see how we can invest in, in those lives. That's what Shifra and Pua does. But, but not only does Shifra and Pua fear God and is seen in how they're focusing on their faith in God. You see Jacobed, second chapter. And Jacobed, the Bible says, that when she saw that the child was beautiful, when she saw Moses as a gift from God, when she looked at the, the face of her child, she knew that that child was given to her by God. The Bible says that she had such a, a reverence, such an appreciation for what God had given her that even though she was faced with, even though they, they as parents were faced with problems, were faced with threats, the Bible says they sought to protect the child. It's right there in the second chapter. She hid him for how long? I got somebody who still got their Bible over. I see you, Jordan, right there. Uh, yeah, she hid him for three months. Can, can you see them? Right? They're in the Hebrew community. There they are. Uh, they have the family secret now. Can, can you see them, uh, Anthony? Uh, the, the mother and the father, Amram and Jochebed, had to give um, Aaron and Miriam the family talk. Had to tell them how to negotiate around the authority. They had to give them the, the family talk. They had to sit them down and tell them that, that every, you, Mary, you still listening? Okay, here it is. Uh, that what happens in my house they know you. Uh, stays in, in my house. They give them the family talk of how to negotiate in the community. And for three months, here it is, they're, they're seeing the child develop, but they had to keep them quiet. For three months, they, they appreciate the blessing that God has given, but they know that every blessing God gives you is not for public 
information. Hold on, let me pause parenthetically here. Let me just talk to a young crowd just for a moment. Um, everything God does in your life and everything God does with your life and everything that happens in your life doesn't have to be a subject to public opinion. Come here, let me press play for a moment. Just pause just for a moment. Stop putting all your life on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter. No, some things are supposed to be kept private until God opens the door for it to be public. Oh, that's just a side note, but here it is. She, she's navigating, and they're navigating the, the community for three months. For three months, they keep the family secret, but something happens in the house. For three months, they're, they're questioning, did, did someone hear him cry this time? Did, did somebody see us picking this up in the market? For three months, can you see them? And then the text says that they could no longer hide him. Because there are times in which God will bring you to a place where your blessings can't be hidden. There are times where your blessings have to be kept private. But then there's that moment where your testimony has to come out. And so here she is as a mother. She is still, too, focusing on faith. She is still focusing on God's move in her life, functioning by faith and trusting God. Because she's trusted God to not go through with the edict to destroy the life, but rather she's pro-life. And she trusts God enough to do all she can to protect this life. So what does she do? She fashions a basket. She, she puts her, her hand to work. That as her faith is at work, so are her hands. And come here, saints of God. I just want to challenge parents out there to don't give up on putting your hands to work to benefit the next generation. Don't give up on the children that God has blessed you to parent. Don't give up because parent, parent, true parenting, true motherhood is not only uh, reserved for mothers who give birth. Uh, let me work for a moment here. Uh, but that, because mother as a noun uh, really reflects uh, only, let's say, a few women. But mother as a verb is living out in the lives of women who have a heart for the next generation. And God has blessed women who have a heart for the next generation. And I want to encourage you to don't stop investing in the lives of the next generation. Sure, it's going to be hard sometimes. Sure, there'll be some tears at night and sometimes in the day. But let me explain something to you. If God has called you to the, to, to the assignment and opportunity of motherhood, then God will give you what you need to be successful at what he's called you to do. So let me give you some help, mothers. Keep on loving. Keep on trusting in God. Keep on working hard and keep on praying. Did I say keep on praying? Pray as you were given birth. Pray when they're given to you. Pray as they grow up. Pray. And then when they get grown, some mamas in here can tell you, you don't stop praying. Some, some, somebody here can tell you that you never stop praying because a real mom who trusts God, who functions in faith in God, will continue to honor God even when she has to release the blessings that she received from God. Amen. I'm in a text. Because truly, as a parent, sometimes the hardest stage is a stage in which you've done all you can do. You, you've, you, you, you've pressed and you've prayed and you've done everything you can do. And God brings you to that point where you have to release it and trust the providential hand of God to take care of what you've been praying for. I don't know who I'm talking to today, I, I, but, but I've, been, I've been parenting for a little while, and I know that there's no, there's no walk in the park. Uh, I, I remember Shannon that day. I, I do. I remember it, man. I remember the day when, when um, my child was born, 
and, and, and a member and I were just talking about it just, just in first service, and we're talking about uh, how, uh, how wonderful it was in the hospital, you know, because they had a button that you can press, and they can come get the child and bring the child to the nursery, and, and, and then they bring the child back to you. Some of you never had this experience. Okay, let me go ahead and bring you into my, my world for a moment. And, and, and if you want to get some sleep, you just press that button. And then they take the child. And then after a while, they'd ask you, you want to see your child? And they'd bring him back. But then that dreadful day came, Anthony, where they sent me home without the button. No instructions, no nothing. And I had to, to trust God. But that's not the most uh, troubling part of parenthood, I believe. It, it comes in that moment, not, not at birth, and not, not during the birth, but when you get to that place where you've done all you can do, and God says, now it's time for you to, to release them. Can you see her now? She doesn't know what's going to happen. She's releasing Moses to the Nile. All the while trusting God, his sister is seeing on the sideline, I have to hurry on now. She's seeing on the sideline to see what would happen to him. And you heard read in the story because oftentimes when we look at this text, we look at Yochabed and we should. And we learn lessons about faith from Yochabed and her willingness to trust God even with the uncertainty and the unknown. We see the faith of Shifra and, and, and Pua as they're trusting God to stand against uh, the, the sinful desires of their society. But, but oftentimes we neglect one other mother. And I got to give her some, some stage time, this, this one other mother that's in the text. Uh, I hope you see her. It's Pharaoh's daughter. You see, oftentimes we look at motherhood and we stop sometimes at the biological uh, sense of motherhood, but there are some other mothers out there who are called by God and assigned by God to speak and invest in lives even though they didn't birth the child. That child is all theirs and all their heart is for the child. Can you see Pharaoh's daughter here? She knows the edict. She knows the law. She knows the restrictions. And yet when she looks at the child, she knows that child is supposed to be for her. And she opens the basket and she sees the child. And the text says she has compassion. Uh, she has pity. She has love for the child. And so on this Mother's Day, I want to ask you to uh, thank God for all the mother figures who've had compassion to invest in your life, knowing that those who've invested and blessed your life were sent as em emissaries from God to be a blessing for your life. That no matter how they came into your life, it could be in a career, it could be in the midst of growing up, when that mother was willing to step in your life and tell you that they love you, that you're a child of God, that you can be all that God has called you to be, then you ought to be grateful for those kind of women who God has placed in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm done now. Um, but I got to tell you, something happens, Dom, exciting when you're willing to stand up for God. When you're willing to have faith in God, when you're willing to trust God, when you're willing to allow God to use you, something happens. I, I, I love this story, you all. You, you know the story, don't you? So, so Pharaoh's daughter sees her. And, 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 and Miriam sees what's happening. And can, can you see the scene now? Miriam runs back home and says to her mom, 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 uh, guess what happened? Can you see her mom? Her mom wringing her hands and looking at Miriam. I got time for your foolishness today. This has been one of the rough days of my life. Uh, anybody had a mom like that? Uh, I said, no, no, Mom, you, you got to hear it. You, 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 you're being summoned to the palace. Can you see her now? Oh, Lord, they done found a child. What's going to happen? And then when she gets to the palace, she gets to Pharaoh's daughter, and Pharaoh's daughter tells her, I want you to take care of what you just released to the providence of God. 
You're not with me just yet here. Uh, she said, I want you to nurse the child, but let me show you God's favor in this, and I'm going to pay you to take care of your own child. Can somebody say amen in this place? That even though death was on the rise and lives were being targeted, God used godly women to bring about his will that others might be saved. The same thing happened when our Savior came to earth. Herod had put out a death warrant on all the male boys. And yet God, in his faithfulness, not only came in the person of Christ, but he protected the life of our Savior so that we can experience salvation. I invite you to stand all over the building if you can. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.